0: It's like Jerry Rosberg just said, always been about the players and it always will be about the players. And we just added
1: two great players, not just two great players, but two great people that fit the Ravens. We feel like they're Ravens already. We feel like they've always been Ravens. And beyond that, family. This is great. I mean, look at this front row right here, right? (laughs) This is what it's all about. This is what we're built on. This is what we believe in. everyone welcome to the mob town blitz podcast i'm your host kyle j andrews and you can follow me on twitter at kyle j andrews underscore and then i also have my co-host anthony barkley what up what up what up anthony where can we find you at are you follow me on twitter and instagram at a barkley a y e e b a r k l e y we're down one eric today but it's always still gonna be a good show And as always, we are proud to do this podcast for one of the top sports websites in the district, dmvsportsnetwork.com, and they can be followed on Twitter and Instagram at dmv underscore sn. They have some great daily content on all things DC and Baltimore sports, in addition to college sports and a lot more so that after you listen to this podcast, go ahead and check it out. In addition Please be sure to subscribe to our show and wherever podcasts are available, and that includes Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Without further ado, let's get into it. So, it's been a lot of stuff going on with the Ravens. Good Lord. I mean, a lot of stuff going on with the Ravens. We all knew this was going to come, some of it. We didn't know all of it was going to come. I mean... You guys wanted C.J. Mosley back. I said there was a possibility that he might not be back. But at the same time, I felt like that was just something that, you know, it was a possibility at all times, but we didn't know if it was actually going to happen. What are your thoughts on C.J. Mosley departing to the Jets? All right. So the way
0: I found out about C.J. leaving was the funniest thing ever. So I'm sitting here in my apartment taking a nap and – Everything's going on in free agency and stuff. And my homegirl, Kelsey, sends me a Snapchat. Shout out to the homie Kelsey. I told her I'd shout her out. Uh, and she sends me a Snapchat and goes, CJ Mosley's canceled. What the heck? And I was like, why is CJ canceled? And then so I had to go on Twitter and find out that CJ signed with the Nets. I mean, the Nets, the Jets. Same thing. <laughs> Same thing. And I was just like... The Jets, like that that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Like that no way do I see them competing for a Super Bowl. I don't even see them competing for the playoffs anytime soon. But the Jets did do a hell of a job in free agency though.
1: Nabbing some some pretty interesting people. Yeah, I mean, then the crazy part is that they were that close to getting Anthony Barr, too. And imagine if they had C.J. Mosley and Anthony Bard Now, that's a very good Jets defense right up the middle. But then we're even talking about some of the other guys that the Ravens lost. I know that we talked a little bit about Z'Darrius Smith possibly leaving. He did leave. Not surprising there. Yeah. I knew that he was going to get paid. You knew that he was going to get paid. Eric yeah, like knew the it was going Paul gonna get Kruger paid. thing. Right, exactly. And so I'm not entirely surprised by that one. He deserved what he got, I feel like. Uh, Hopefully he plays up to his contract, though. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. But when it comes to Terrell Suggs now, that's the one that I think everybody wants to talk about, especially since Terrell Suggs spent 16 seasons with the Ravens. I mean, (laughs) we saw some of the comments that he made on on Undisputed, on Fox Sports 1's Undisputed. Mm -hmm. We saw some of the comments that he made on First Take he said that the reason why he left the Ravens was because he felt like some new guys, it was their time to shine. He felt like him I and Ozzie Newsome, right. He was part of the Ozzie Newsome regime. So he felt like, you know, at that point, maybe he had to make some changes himself and he decided, okay, I'm going back home to play with the Arizona Cardinals. What do you think about what he said? And do you, do you buy all that? Um, the
0: thing that really kind of got to me was when Skip Bayless asked him, you know, does he see Lamar Jackson winning Super Bowls for Baltimore? And he said, well, he kind of hesitated. Then he was just like, uh, not as long as I'm playing because, you know, I want to be in contention, which he's playing for the Cardinals. So let's be realistic. It's a no, 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 they're not doing anything. Uh, sorry, sizzle as much as you want to be the rah-rah guy in the locker room. No, it ain't happening, Chief. Um, it it just it's just gonna be weird, you know, seeing them with the Cardinals had on, seeing them, you know. I I do appreciate the thing that he he did say though was uh he was leaving behind the number fifty five here, so he wasn't gonna wear fifty five in Arizona. Um, also because
1: Chandler Jones Chandler is
0: Jones wears fifty five, but I don't know if that's because of that or because he just wanted to leave. You know, number fifty-five behind, and that's gonna be weird too. That's gonna be more weird seeing him in a different number than you know. I I just I just don't know what to make of it. I mean, it from a from a cap space, I kind of see why the Ravens didn't resign him or why they didn't offer to resign him. It makes sense financially from a leadership point. Um, you know, it just left a big vacant hole. And I remember going to the gym. And the guy at the gym was just like, who's going to lead y'all locker room? And I was like, dang, I didn't even think about that. Because, you know, we already lost Eric Weddle. We lost Sizzle. We lost Mosley. And it's just like, where are the Ravens defense going to go? You know, is Jimmy Smith going to step up and be the guy? But
1: then, you know, Eric Dacosta said, I got this. No, so it was interesting about all those different things, like who's going to step up on a defense. Even Terrell Suggs said it himself. He believes that, you know, I this is from Undisputed, not First Take, but he said that he feels like the leadership lies within Brandon Williams, Michael Pierce, Tony Jefferson, and his personal favorite, Matt Judah. Now, I know from, like, the personal experience that I had in the locker room with those two, they were inseparable, him and Matt Judah. And I feel like they played that, you know, outside linebacker position with a lot of passion. The two guys that he kind of, Matt Judon learned a lot of things from Terrell Suggs. And I feel like he had a different path than Suggs did. But at the same time, you know, he's learned the work, that work ethic that Suggs had. He took that as a fifth round pick at Matt Judon. And he worked his butt off even further playing at Grand Valley State. And I think that, when you got a guy that's gonna hustle for that, and I know that Matt Judon isn't that he's he sometimes you know you'll see some of the plays that he makes you're like man that great that guy is great. Now other times you'll see some of the plays and you'll be like, where did Matt Judon go? That was him that had the sack and ran up the tunnel, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had three set, sa- three sacks, consecutive and-
0: like, sack that it just like ran up the tunnel. It was like, oh, I, I didn't know it was third down.
1: Right. And it's crazy because. Him and Zaydaire Smith kind of like, you know, Zaydaire Smith did different things than Matt Judon did. Zaydaire Smith was more or less like the replacement for Courtney Upshaw, mm-hmm. and Zaydaire Smith was way better than Courtney Upshaw. Let's let's get that oh, let's hit by, by far, uh, and he actually guy. and he actually got to the quarterback. So I'm thinking right now, you know, maybe the Ravens are thinking in the draft. Hey, maybe let's get that mid round defensive end slash outside linebacker that can do those same things that Matt Judon and Terrell Suggs and, and Zadarius Smith all did. Now, who that guy is, me personally, I think Sharif Miller is going to be around in the fourth or fifth round. Penn State guy. I talked a little bit about him on po- Offside Position, other podcasts I do. But I think that Sharif so Miller... Flex over there. I mean, <laughs> I mean... You know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I mean, but (laughs) but still, like, honestly, Sharif Miller, I think, is the perfect fit for this for this Ravens team, because guess what? You could get him in a later round. He is a high motor guy. He's going to work hard, but he also has that ability to be molded into something better. He's not a finished product. That's fine. But he's also six foot five and two hundred sixty pounds. I mean, he's already taller and longer than some of these guys that they drafted in the past. He's taller and longer than, you know, Matt Judon. He's taller and longer than Zadarius Smith. Zadarius Smith was six foot four. Matt Judon, six foot three. You know, both of these guys, very good players. They were really they would hammer people away. But that length that that Sharif Miller has, I mean, you can't teach that kind of length and arm. Like, his hands are long. I mean, his hands are big and his arms are long. So, I mean, he can get that separation that I'm like, man, Ravens really need to get him. I like what Adam Bonacorsi from Russell Street Report said about, you know, he had a mock draft. That's my boy, too. I love Adam. Adam does a really good job over at Russell Street. So, if you guys ever look at his stuff, check that out. We also do a really good job at Baltimore beat them, but, you know, got to share the love every once in a while. Mm -hmm. But Adam said that the Ravens should go with Sharif Miller. And I'm like, man, that is a very intelligent pick on their part. If they do decide to go to that now, whether they do or not, you know, we'll see. I mean, what are your thoughts on the Ravens possibly getting a mid round defensive end slash outside linebacker like they had in the past?
0: I mean, I'm okay with it, but then let's also, you know, try to focus on the guys that we have in-house. I also, I mean, I appreciate the, you know, the draft process. Obviously, you know, that's where the new crop of talent comes in, but let's really focus on who we have in-house right now. And I'm looking at you, Tyus Bowser. I'm looking at you, Tim Williams, Two guys that I think on the outside need to step up. Tyus Bowser has shown flashes that he can get to the quarterback. He does have a couple sacks. I haven't seen Dilly squat from Tim Williams, and I think this is a
1: make-or-break gear for him. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's just one of those situations where t- with Tim Williams, I think if he doesn't make up for like some of the issues that he had in the past, I mean, and get healthy, then it's going to be an issue. I mean, it's not necessarily that I think he's not a good player. I just think he's been banged up so much that he hasn't really been able to show what he's got. And I think Tyus Bowser's made too many mistakes on, like, special teams and some of the other things that, you know, you need to earn your stripes before you're going to get that playing time. Right. And he hasn't shown that ability yet that I'm like, man— are they going to really, is he, are they really going to do something with that? I mean, he could be, he could prove to be in the future, a player that has that talent. I think he, he's shown, he's shown flashes in the past, but I'm just like, you know, it's crunch time right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think the um, kid, LJ Kaya, Koya out of
0: uh, TCU, you know, that'd be a really good, uh, fourth round draft pick if he falls down that far. Um, as someone who I really like, as a outside defensive end, you no, know, possibly outside linebacker. I'm not really sure if he's inside or outside or not. But LJ Collier out of uh, TCU. I feel like I'm butchering this man's name, but whatever. Kid was shouting you out. Um, someone who I feel like can get to the uh, the quarterback, and he could probably be a really good
1: pass rusher. You're correct. This LJ Collier. Okay. All right, all right. Shout out to LJ Collier. Lawrence Collier Jr. So L.J. Collier. That's his nickname, but I mean, yeah, he. I also think he's a really solid player that can fit in pretty well with the Ravens. I mean, now since they got, <laughs> we we took forever to talk about this, but we didn't talk about the free agent signings that they made yet. And they also have more news today. Robert Griffin the Third. Resign RG as the backup, green. and I think that's a very smart move. That's an intelligent move. Very, that, very smart move by the Costa. I mean, it fit. He fits perfectly in this offense as the backup. Um, he, you know, he follows the Lamar Jackson. Well, I mean, I guess Lamar Jackson follows him yeah. as the you know athletic quarterback that can do all these different things with his running ability. Same pedigree, mm-hmm. two Heisman Trophy winners, two first round draft picks. Now Lamar
0: was the thirty second. RG3 was the second. But, (laughs) um, you know, they still both know what it's like to be drafted in the first round. They still both know what it's like to win the Heisman Trophy. Um, They played at big-time schools and really didn't amass too much at either school, you know. I don't really think Baylor was—I think Baylor was in a national championship run while while RG3 was at Baylor. And Lamar didn't sniff a playoff while he was at um, Louisville. So— to have that, you know, to have that leadership and that, that veteran um, presence in a locker room would be really good for Lamar, so he won't drive down the highway doing 110 without a seatbelt on <laughs> But, I mean, you know, it happens. The kid's 22. We all did stupid stuff when we were 22 years old, but we also weren't a franchise quarterback of an NFL team, so there wasn't that much expectation on us. Um you know, Lamar is going to have his growing pains. And I think the, the Ravens, you know, fans need to be a little bit patient with him coming in year two two. Um, hopefully, he's working on his mechanics. He's working on his throwing and working on his accuracy. And I feel like, you know, if he really puts in that work with RG3, then, you know, there's no telling what, what can happen for this kid.
1: And the crazy part is we're still just building up to some of the other moves that they made. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's get to Justin Bethel because I feel like that's the third most important move that they made. That was a very intriguing, intriguing move by the li- it. I mean,
0: I, I, I like it. I understand it. You know, he they he really values the work on special teams, and you know, when your head coach was a former special teams coach, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think you know does it does it raise
1: questions about Jimmy Smith or any other? I don't, don't think it does. We though. have. Uh, I just like, think it's an addition, you know. Oh, okay. And I mean like the biggest thing is they added, I mean he still had Brandon Carr back, Mhm. Jimmy Smith's back. Mhm. You know, Marlon Humphrey's back, so that's mm-hmm. three good guys. Then you got Anthony Averett, Tavon Young obviously. Yeah. That's five really good corners. Cyrus Jones is a cornerback. We always forget that. Yeah. And then now Justin Bethel's a cornerback, but he plays special teams. They're so that's signing like, these so guys.
0: That's seven, that's seven defensive backs right there. What's seven, seven corners.
1: corners. Seven and corners. But, but a lot of these guys, you know, I don't think, now I think at this point you could use, I was thinking this before, and I think this is a really crazy thought, but maybe you can use Cyrus Jones just as an athlete now. Just give him a give him the ball in open space. Use him as an athlete, oh. and try to make him not necessarily – He doesn't necessarily have to play cornerback anymore, but you could put him in the open space like he was in high school and was in college initially. Because okay. every okay. as people forget, I, don't remember, when, I remember him when so- too much yeah. corner when he was at Alabama. Yeah, when he was at Alabama, he was just mainly a kick return guy. Yeah. But I think that when he was, like when he was a freshman, he was a receiver. You could get him out in the open space, let him eat. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to use him as a running back or something, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens got creative and thought like that because, you know, it's a different it's a different regime in house right now. Right. So I think with this Justin Bethel signing, you know, you gotta get like I don't think of course I I think I think Cyrus Jones, which you could use him as, is like a Dexter McCluster type guy. And I know that sound, that sounds like everybody's like, hmm? Ooh, Dexter yeah. McCluster, like, what was the last time like, we heard Dear from true. him? Hmm. Right. Dexter, I like that though. Yeah. I like that though. Get him out in the open space, let him eat. But I mean, that's just what I would do with him because I've i seen Cyrus play since the Stone Ages. You yeah, know, know I
0: say, yeah, he's a hometown kid. You know, let him, you know, give him an opportunity to make plays in front of his hometown stadium. Uh, I, I like I like that though. I really do like that. Um I never actually even thought about it that way. But let's get to the second biggest um sign-in. Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, another Heisman Trophy winners in the house. You got three Heisman Trophy winners on one team. And another Alabama play. Well, I see gone, but so we replace CJ with Mark Ingram. Keep those Alabama kids coming in here. Um I loved Mark Ingram in college. I loved Mark Ingram when he was with New Orleans. Uh it's going to be really interesting to see um what they do with him, you know, can they get a good line behind Mark Ingram and and Gus Johnson and the rest of the running backs. And also what that tells me is the Ravens are planning to run down the throats of every single team that they face. Uh, obviously, nothing but power backs in that backfield between, you know, like I said, Mark Ingram and uh
1: and Gus Gus Edwards. I mean, like I personally think that they're gonna add. I think with the addition of Mark Ingram, what they're telling me is this: they think that Mark Ingram, which I I totally wholeheartedly agree with this too. Mark Ingram's a way better running back than Kenneth Dixon. That's just a fact. Oh, yeah. Facts. And he does everything. Major here. facts. He's Kenneth Dixon, but like 20 times better. Major facts. So what I think they're going to do is now, whether people agree with me or not, it doesn't really matter because I'm going to say it whatever. I don't care. But the real thing is, is that they're going to draft another running back. That's what I think this is because I think they want to replace Kenneth Dixon and grab a running back that you get out in the open space that does something completely different. What round? Third or fourth. Okay, because
0: if you would have said first. Oh, no no, like, no, 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 no. Oh. If they get Josh
1: Jacobs, I'd slam my head into a wall because I'm oh. like, what are you doing? I was going to say. It doesn't make any like, sense. I don't know. The way you were lining that up, like, oh. No, you get Darrell Henderson in the third round. If he if Darrell Henderson lasts to the third round, you grab that man. Kyle is definitely on a Darrell Henderson back. Yes, I've seen him play. I've seen dude play. He is standing Darrell Henry. I wouldn't say he's standing. I've seen enough of his tape that I'm like, yes, that dude is the kind of guy that Lamar Jackson, he's a Chris Johnson type. If you get Chris, Imagine having Chris Johnson with Michael Vick. Just think about that. CJ Tukey,
0: yeah, that's actually really dirty. Just
1: think about that's actually that. Really, really, and maybe, dirty. and and this, what the wildest part about this is, is that Lamar Jackson's more agile than Michael Vick was. I wouldn't say – I don't know if he's as fast as Michael Vick was. He might be. Who knows? But – Dude, is a blur. Like, it's so crazy. Like, when you
0: see him on TV versus, like, when you go to the stadium and, like, see him, like, do his thing, it's insane. Like, I remember I said it a couple times on the podcast. Like, when I went to go watch him, I I went to that first game against the Bengals, and, like, the first time he took off a run, I was like – there is no way a dude is that fast at the quarterback position. Like, I've never seen anything like it before in my life. It was crazy, but so so. You think that they're gonna get a speedy back in the later rounds to pair him off with uh, Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards? Do you think Kenneth Dixon gets let go?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, they. It- it- <laughs> yeah, I think he's cut. If if they can if they can replace him with someone better and younger, not that he's old at all, because you know, Kenneth Dixon, really Dixon's like my age. So, I mean, dude's young still. I just
0: feel super bad because he just
1: – He like, got hurt. Yeah, and he got then, hurt. And then he almost got suspended yeah. again. People don't know about that. I mean, you know, I just don't yeah. think he – you want me to tell you something what? like John Harbaugh during the season, after Kenneth Dixon got hurt, John Harbaugh, we asked him, you know, what, uh, what's going to happen with Kenneth Dixon when he comes back? They were like, we don't know what his status is. That's what John Harbaugh said. Said, we don't know what his status is. You can look this up too. I don't have the sound bite with me right now or else I would play it. But John Harbaugh said, we don't know what his status is. That, that is, that's concerning to me. Very concerned. And I mean, yeah, he did come back and play well, but they don't trust him. Right. You know, if they if they can't trust you, and they can find a guy younger than you and cheaper than you. And a running back is a dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. You could I mean Probably Gus look at Gus, Edwards. look at Gus Edwards. Look, look at Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards was an undrafted rookie. Mm-hmm. Found him, he's way better than Kenneth. All Bishop. that dude is just runs for positive he yards. He runs people over for positive yards. It's insane. And now you get Mark Ingram, who you signed to a three-year, fifteen million dollar deal, giving him five million dollars a year. Not a lot, but reasonable for a good running back. Yeah. So guess what? Ravens did the right thing, in my opinion. Is Mark Ingram thirty? He's about twenty-nine. Okay. Exactly. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, you know. The three-year deal is actually really smart. Yeah, that's not yeah. bad. You know, I I think it's a smart deal. Yeah, he'll be thirty-two by the time that. Of- Yeah, Yeah, very uh, very smart, and I think Mark Ingram's the kind of guy that doesn't have that wear and tear that most, you know, running backs of his age. And that
0: actually helps because he was splitting time with um,
1: Alvin Kamara. Exactly. So I don't think you have the same issues that you would have, and I think the Ravens took that into account when they signed Mark Ingram. Or wonder if it's because they saw him run. Well, they didn't really run
0: wild against the Ravens when they played him. I mean, they played well, though. They They, ate. Both of them ate in that game. But, I mean, it's not like they ran up and down the field. Yeah, they played
1: solidly. I mean, I'm not going to throw them on the bus. But, you know, (laughs) we'll see. Yeah. Like, I think, personally, you know, Mark Ingram's going to be a really good pass blocker. That pass pro and chip out into the open field, I feel like the Ravens are going to do pretty solidly on that. I think, you know... With the amount that they gave him, it's not as bad as what I, I initially thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be $8 million a year. We heard that. We heard 7000000 million. I'm like, eh. But yeah, $5, 5 million, million, That's not bad at all. $5 million is not bad no. at all. That's, that's understandable. Now with the biggest signing.
0: Okay, so back to when we said that we didn't know where the leadership in the locker room was going to come from we just found the leadership we have Earl Thomas Earl Thomas the leader of the Legion of Boom is what? now a Baltimore Raven and the funniest thing what, is was he
1: the leader? He was one of them. I feel like they were all like I feel like I feel like Cam Chancellor, I, Earl Thomas and Ryan I'll be Richard Sherman were all Leader. They were all three of the leaders. And then they had, like, some fourth guy that was, like, a member of the band that kept rotating. Right. It really felt like, though... So,
0: so first of all, this just came, like, out of left field. I really didn't think Earl Thomas was coming here. I thought he was going to the Browns, honestly. I thought he was going to Dallas. Because, I mean, it's just been, like... I, I, I know that he had, like, talked to Jerry Jones about wanting to come to Dallas. And out of nowhere... I like look on my phone, it's like Earl Thomas signs with the Baltimore Ravens. I was like, huh? Okay. For real? I mean, I ain't mad at it, you know? But, and then I have a friend that's a diehard Cowboys fan. Shout out to my man Schmidt, Um, who who sent me a text. Are you you talking
1: about Schmidt from, uh, from, uh, what show is that? New Girl? Uh, New Girl, yeah. He looks
0: like, he looks, He looks and acts like Schmidt from New Girl. That's creepy. It's so funny. And then, like, to top it off, they're both Jewish.
1: (laughs) You can't make that joke on here. Now we got to delete that. I'm just messing with you. We don't have to delete that. No. It's nothing rude or anything like that. Uh, I mean, now we got to, you know. But let's get back. But back. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You're getting off track. I'm not getting off track. I'm just telling you.
0: You said Schmidt, I'm telling you that they both like they, they look and the act same, the same. Right? Yes. So he he sends me a text message. He goes, You guys freaking got Earl Thomas. I can't believe you. Like, da 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 and this is the, the PG version of what he sent me. He pretty much cursed me out because Earl Thomas came to the Ravens. Like I had something to do with it. And I was just like, bruh, um, I don't know what to tell you. And I just laughed. And I was like, I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, thought that he was going to uh, Dallas. I thought that was like lot. I didn't even think of Earl Thomas coming to Baltimore, but that's where that leadership is going to come from. Um, he's definitely going to lead that secondary. It's a faster, harder-hitting version of uh, Eric Weddle.
1: Oh, way, way more so. I feel like Earl Thomas is a huge upgrade over Eric Weddle just because he can still play that center field kind of defense that Eric Weddle couldn't play. So now you got a guy who's going to increase the ability of this Ravens defense. I'm not upset with it. If I'm the Ravens, I think that is a smart move. You know, they couldn't – I think that, you know, when you get Earl Thomas – he had a couple of freak injuries. Freak injuries. Let's, let's get that through everybody's head. Everybody's like, oh, well, he broke his leg. Freak injury. Yeah. He's not brittle, you know. He's playing safety at a high impact rate, you know. And I think now because he knows that he's done that in the past, he's not going to go slamming his leg into anybody else again. And then not only that, but – how many games did he play? Four games? He had three picks? Yeah. Four games and three interceptions. Who on a Ravens could do that right now besides Earl Thomas?
0: Yeah, I was going to say no one.
1: Not one person. Not one person. Not one person. So when you add Earl Thomas to a defense, a secondary, not even a whole defense, because Michael Pierce is coming back. Mm-hmm. Brandon Williams is still there, like we said. Once Tony J- Tony was. Jefferson does not have to play center field. That's the biggest thing. Tony Jefferson can roam free in the front seven if he wants to. He could be a box safety. You know? That's all you gotta do. You let Tony Jefferson play his game. You let Anthony Levine play his game when he's in. Yeah. You know, now they got now they got some versatility on the defense. They can kind of do what they want to do. That defense actually looks scary. Um, it's fast. The secondary looks scary. I'm kind of Ken, Kenny Young's playing middle linebacker now.
0: I He's fast. Say, yeah, between him, Peanut. I'm I'm guessing it's gonna be Peanut. The linebacker core is gonna be uh Tyus Bowser, Judon, uh Peanut, Kenny Young, and then that secondary is
1: gonna be uh I think Bowser and Tim Williams will probably rotate a lot. Yeah. That secondary is gonna be um Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Tavon's gonna Tavon. be the slot guy, and then Marlon Humphrey's gonna be the other corner. And then, then you got uh on the back and you got Earl Thomas and obviously Tony John. Jefferson. So That's actually a, a pretty, pretty solid pretty, secondary pretty damn scary, honestly. Yeah. You know. A lot
0: younger, a lot faster, and it's just gonna be up to the defensive coordinator to get everyone I
1: mean as Wink Martin did. Come on, Wink. gonna Wink's gonna throw the heat at them. And so I'm not I mean, if you're a Ravens fan, you can't be too concerned with what they've got right now. I think right. that they're gonna they've got a lot on defense. Now the real issue is how to figure out how that offense is gonna work. I mean, I think the Mark Ingram sign is really smart, but you still gotta fill holes at guard. Mm-hmm. You still at left guard, that is, at center as well. Um, we still don't know if TJ Lang's gonna retire if he does can't bring him in obviously if he doesn't go ahead and sign him right you know bring him in as a guy that's going to kind of ease the pain of my son oh tj
0: ling is a guy that you and eric have really been pushing to come to Baltimore.
1: oh yeah because i mean some of the things he did with the packers and the lions i mean he proved that he could be a good player when healthy Mm -hmm. now if he's not healthy you know draft another guy behind him draft a young guy behind him let him play and learn behind TJ Lang. Mm-hmm. Let him play and learn. And maybe even you might slide one of the other guys. Maybe you slide Greg not in the guard and let him play guard when he comes back. But I mean, we'll see what happens with that. And then when it comes a receiver, you know, they're gonna draft a receiver. That's oh, a yeah. given. Yeah, I don't think. No they're doubt gonna, in my yeah, mind. No, they're not gonna nice. trade for a receiver. They're not gonna sign a free agent. Receiver. Yeah,
0: it's it's it. I think it's all signs to point towards a wide receiver in the first round.
1: Yeah, they they like at this point, it's not gonna surprise me one bit if they draft the receiver in the first round. Now the question is, what kind of receiver will they get in the first round? Now, I'm looking at uh, what a lot of people are saying. I'm looking at Hakeem Butler. He's probably a guy that they look at. AJ Brown, another guy yeah, that they AJ look at. AJ Brown has been late everybody's been fiending like all these ravens fans are fiending over dk metcalf dk metcalf can't cut in and out of breaks he looks all like those muscles man yeah I mean, <laughs> he, yeah he he runs he runs like that uh i don't know how to explain it i don't know how to explain how dude runs i just know he runs weird yeah and it's all those muscles man. i mean yeah but you know it's odd dude like I just don't understand how everybody's eating so how everyone's on dk Metcalf? it's because that guy's
0: freaking huge i mean that's a that's the boss that's the boss level that's the guy you look at at the boss level
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i agree with that they look at dk Metcalf, and they're probably like okay dude's gigantic whatever but now, I mean, he was actually really productive at Ole Miss too. Let's just not knock him off. But he wasn't AJ Brown productive. Yeah, at no, Ole Miss. he was not the number
0: one guy at Ole Miss. All right. So before we continue, it's time to tell you about DMVSN's library podcast. Right now, we have nine active shows, including High Heat, High Street, uh, team shows for Redskins, Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, and Ravens. Fantasy Fever dealing with all things fantasy football a pair of mixed bag shows from It's About Time, DC, and Domin Thunder, and a debate show, DMV to Speak, which is available via live stream on Twitter. All of these shows are available wherever podcasts can be found, so please check these out. And if you like any of these shows, please leave a review or even subscribe on all platforms, including Spotify, baby! Um, all right, so this is one thing I want to talk about. So we were, like, doing backflips when we found out that not only Le'Veon Bell and uh, Antonio Brown are out of the division. Like, just super excited. I was like, oh, they're gone. Le'Veon Bell's going to New York. Um, We thought he was going to come to Baltimore, but, eh, you know, it's whatever. We got Mark Ingram. Um, and then Antonio Brown got traded to the Raiders, which – the Raiders got a steal for him. Goodness gracious. Uh, but then, these freaking Cleveland Browns thinking they're trying to make all these moves and get Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, my God. Yo. <laughs> I was hurt, son. I was hurt. Because I was like, oh, man, Antonio's gone. Le'Veon's gone. This is going to be the Raiders. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is gonna be the Ravens. Oh my God! Can I finish what I was about to say? (laughs) All right. So Odell Beckham's in the AFC North, and it's gonna be a problem now. Uh, But I mean, we saw what we saw what he did the last time he played the Ravens, and that's with Eli Manning as his quarterback. And Baker Mayfield is definitely at this stage is better than Eli Manning. So it's just, oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, My homeboy, Jared, is a diehard Giants fan, and I know he's hurting, you know, cue the the line for Friday. He's going to cry in the car. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to cry in the car. He's going to cry in the car. Uh, Man, but what are your thoughts about Odell Beckham coming into the AFC North?
1: Well, Kyle will cry the to card too. <laughs> I mean, well, the Ravens actually have a perfect secondary to kind of match up with Odell Beckham. Not the last time they played. Well, I mean, I think that you also gotta remember everybody was out that time. So I don't feel like necessarily that it's one of those situations where people need to like I I mean personally, I wouldn't press I wouldn't be that pressed over it. Um, Just considering that the Ravens have boosted their secondary, this is something that, you know, on the back end, they've had problems with for a very long time. So, with that being said, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's a good move, obviously, for the Browns. But I also feel like the Ravens now with Earl Thomas – you know, it's going to be a better matchup than it probably would have been if they didn't get Earl Thomas, that they were just like, all right, let's get a rookie free safety. So now,
0: remember when I, a couple episodes ago when I said that I think that the, the rivalry in the AFC North is going to shift from the Ravens-Steelers to the Ravens-Browns? Do I look as off as I do now? Nah. I don't think so. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, honestly called it. It's gonna be Ravens Browns and AFC North. That's the new rivalry. I mean I'll always and forever hate Pittsburgh, but as far as like competing for the AFC North, it's gonna be it's gonna be between the Ravens and the Browns, which is the
1: weirdest thing ever to say. Doesn't that just trip you up though? And then the Steelers uh, have gone in the the, yeah, they're free. They in the sunken place.
0: (laughs) Sing
1: it with me. Sing it with me. They are, whew, man, I don't know what's going on with the Steelers, bro. I don't. I honestly don't. Like, I mean, then not only did Antonio Brown jump on Ben Roethlisberger's case, but Le'Veon Bell also said that part of the reason why he left the Steelers is because of Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben is toxic, man. Because you know that I'm toxic. No, no, do don't, don't, I'm so sorry for that. Oh, my God. Get out of here, please. <laughs> you know, we got to we gotta make fun. You know. We're having fun Brit- here. Britney Spears, you can't tell me Toxic wasn't a banger back in the day. You're old enough to remember that. Okay. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember. I'm also old enough. You were practically in the club when that happened. When that, when that <laughs> song came out, you were practically in the club <laughs> by then, you old man. No, look. Look, I don't appreciate you age-shaming me right now I'm about okay. to age-shame you all the time Mister, I'm about to turn 30 years old Mister, I was born in the 80s 89, baby Oh my goodness, you old man What an old man whatever, trying to Whatever, Old man, whatever. man The man trying to keep me down That's the old man over here Whatever Uh Also
0: That song was not a banger Song wasn't a banger. I'm, I'm not. I'm not here for for Britney Spears' Toxic. Anyway, back to Odell Beckham coming into the AFC North. Back to Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens. Now I'm being the new rivalry in the AFC North. Um, it's just a thing. It's just. It's, it's just gonna happen. Everyone's gonna have to deal with it. We can all hate the Steelers um,
1: and laugh in their misery, but. Yeah, you guys can be doing that because you know who knows down the line what could possibly happen with me. Pittsburgh guy, are you? Are you? Are you jumping ship? No, I'm not jumping ship. I'm not saying why would I ever be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan? Who you said say, I don't know what can happen. Who knows? Who knows? I might be covering the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can't talk too much crap about them. Could talk crap with ben, what, about Big Ben, because by the time I would get over there, Big Ben would be gone. We're not going to put that energy oh, out put. there. You can cover any team in the NFL.
0: You can't cover the Steelers. Or the Patriots. Or the Patriots. That's can't fair. cover them. And you can't cover the Browns either, because that's our new rivalry. Yeah, so... Um, I don't care about the Browns. Yeah, bunk Cleveland. Um, All right. So, in the spirit of March, since we are recording this during March Madness, actually... <laughs> We're watching the tournament
1: as we're recording the show. Um,
0: who you got in your final four?
1: All right, let's look at my tournament bracket. I know that I'm sorry guys for not joining the tournament bracket at DMV Sports Network because I am a heathen. But, you know who did join the
0: DMV essence uh bracket though? This guy,
1: <laughs> Joey Kyle. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's trying to hear all that. I'm just trying to butter up the DMV. I'm trying butter, 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 uh, I'm just trying to bully I'm just butter. Who you having a final four? All right, I'm looking for it, man. Let me look for it. All right, while he's looking, I know who I have in mind. Sheesh. I'm 17th in my bracket. My God,
0: this guy. All right, so I have two brackets with, uh, well, I have more than two brackets, but they have two different final fours. So in one of them, Kyle's gonna laugh at me so hard. One of them, I have Duke, Michigan. North Carolina. And you know who the last one is? It's Oregon, baby. Go Ducks.
1: Okay.
0: Kyle has a, he has a straight face. He didn't laugh at that
1: one. But yes, yeah, was
0: Oregon is in one of my final four. And then I think the other one I had, UVA. I'm trying to look for it. How do you, how do you look
1: for it? You got to swipe. You got to swipe for a final i I'm the old man. At least I know how to do it. I mean, I'm looking go, for. Go it. see your bracket. There okay, you go. I'm, yeah, see. Oh, don't tease me. See you, you jerk. What? All right, so yeah, I did. So the other
0: one I had Duke, Michigan, UVA, and North Wait, Carolina. how do you
1: know if it doesn't show you right there? Those are the picks that you made. Oh, okay, Duke, Michigan, Tennessee, wow. North I'm Carolina. I'm the only one though. Did you have that? No,
0: have I had, I had Duke, Michigan, Oregon, North Carolina. Oregon, <laughs> 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 And then I had Duke, Michigan.
1: Virginia in North Carolina. This man really picked Virginia to go to the Final Four. Swirls, swirl. No, 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 no. You don't get the mic back for the rest of the show.
0: They're gonna be motivated after losing to UMBC the UMBC last the year. Of, you don't get
1: the mic back for the rest of the show. They're they're motivated after the losing the UMBC I'm last year. not mic back. And man, Florida is whooping on Nevada right now. It's a 48 point lead. The 33. My God. I picked that. I picked Florida to win. I mean, I picked Florida to win, too. What is up with this one dude's haircut? Look at this dude. Like, what's what what's going on with this? This, this turned into a radio, This podcast to, a, to Look, look at this man's NCAA hair. To tournament
0: roasting session. What about to fry him up, boy? Like, what are you doing? Speaking of roasting sessions, can we please roast that um, day in the life of a student-athlete commercial? Oh,
1: yeah. I'll let you go off on that. This is all you, buddy. All right. So, for those of you who don't know, this is still a Ravens
0: podcast, but it's March Madness. So, we're going to talk about March Madness. Um, the NCAA released uh, a little 30, 40-second uh, commercial clip saying a day in the life of a student-athlete and got blamed on Twitter by current and former student-athletes. Some of them are pros. Some of them are not. And some of them are just, like, people who play all kinds of sports. We're not talking about basketball players. We're not talking about football players. I'm talking about lacrosse players came for this commercial. Volleyball players came for this commercial. Shot
1: putters came for this Shot,
0: commercial. I mean, yeah, track and field. And, I I mean, as someone who has gone to two different Division One schools, and oh, obviously. Uh, flex. Flex, Armstrong. It's a is, flex. You know, it's a flex. I mean, they were both flex. Division I AA schools. But, yeah, you know, shout out to, I'm only shouting out one. Shout out to Towson, who also made the women's NCAA tournament. Too bad y'all got UConn, but still. Um, <laughs> anywho. Um, so shout out shout out to, to Towson, the ladies, for making the tournament. Um, yeah, so someone who went to Towson in another Division I AA school who will not be named on this podcast. Uh, I have friends who were Division I athletes. Some of them went to go on to be pros. Some of them, most of them didn't. Um, I've talked to some of them and I asked them about the commercial and they came, they're like, I can't believe this commercial. This is ridiculous. And just the the audacity of the NCAA to to pretend that like student athletes aren't working almost 24 hours, you know what I mean? They barely have any time to themselves. They barely have any time to eat. And the thing that really stuck out to me the most about, like, a, a, a life of the, a day in the life of a student-athlete is just, like, when it comes down to picking majors. Now, this is per school, so you can't say every school is like this, but it really stuck out to me the one time when I saw um, Arian Foster was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was
1: talking about— Was he smoking a blunt on Joe Rogan's no, podcast? No, he was not smoking a blunt. Surprisingly. Was he talking about how he's atheist on— Joe Rogan's podcast? No. This is no. Was he talking about how how he religious people, how <laughs> religious people are the scum of the universe on Joe Rogan's podcast? No, only Joe Rogan says stuff like that. Oh, but Arian Foster would say something like this too, right? I mean, that's not what they were
0: talking about. They were talking about like.
1: He was playing. talking
0: about, wow. Noah. Shut up. He was talking about how um How he went to Tennessee and he wanted to major in I think like aerospace something had to do something like aerospace or like something of that nature. And the the admissions office told him that because of him playing football, he couldn't major in that program because the classes wouldn't meet would would conflict with him having practice and whatnot. And I'm thinking, if a guy wants to go to college to do something, and he's using his tool of football to get him there. He's agreed to play football. You agreed to give him the education, but you won't allow him to get the education in the field that he wants to get an education in. Yeah, I don't get that one. That really, like, scratches my head. And also, while we're at it, let's talk about everyone in this tournament missing class, missing assignments, missing assignments, Missing projects. Yeah, Missing spicy.
1: Talk mad spicy.
0: Mad spicy. And then let's also talk about how much money is being made off of this tournament. And it's going to go to the players in the scholarship. Oh, my goodness. Uh, The scholarship. The scholarship. Miss me with that one, Chief. These
1: kids need to be paid. Hot take. I mean, I think they that's not even a hot take. When Kane Coulter from Northwestern on a football team tried to unionize and stuff, mm-hmm. I think that would have been smart. Like, Well, they wouldn't let him. That, that was BS that they didn't let those kids unionize. They practically work a full-time job. They do. You know? Well, how, practically, they do. And when I was throwing shot put, yeah, that wasn't as hard as, like, some of the stuff that the football players and basketball players were no. doing. I had but a friend like, that ran track for – um for Towson and
0: like she sent me her schedule and I was just like how do you have time
1: to be like you work out okay eat okay but we only you only can eat what we want you to eat that was for that was the one thing and it wasn't like that with track and field and track and field they were like all right <laughs> okay fatty go ahead eat what you want you throw shot put it's <laughs> I didn't care. I I ate whatever I wanted to. It's just
0: the travesty, you know? I mean, as much as, you know, we do. My coaches
1: were cool though. I I rock with my coaches, but.
0: We do love things like March Madness because it brings us closer to our schools and it it has that sense of school pride. But at the same time, you know, it'd be really nice to see like these athletes of of all sports get some kind of compensation. And I'm not saying make it an open market compensation because, the little schools would just get absolutely beat out by every single big school. Um, but I mean, I, I know people are going to say, well, they get a stipend and you just honestly, if for those of you who are still in school and go to any division, it doesn't matter, go to a student athlete, ask them to send you a copy of their schedule and see if you can do a day to day. And I guarantee you, by the first day, you'll be like, "Yo, I no pineapples. I don't want to do it. Um, can't do it. Can't do it." And Florida is not hurting on
1: Nevada right now. Jeez. But yeah, we got one last topic for the show, and that last topic is Johnny Football joining. Oh yeah, the, the Memphis Express. Express. I'm excited to see this. Because I know it's going to crash and burn. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. <laughs> Johnny Manziel ain't saving that team, first of all. That O-line is... He honestly couldn't have picked the worst week for... I mean...
0: I'm not going to throw the O-line in the bus. Could not have picked the worst week for much. him to debut. He's going
1: to... hes had some stiff competition with March Madness. You, you ain't beating that in the ratings. Whew, of course not. Well, first of all, he ain't beating March Madness. Nope. He ain't beating... Me going to the club on Saturday? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to a club on Saturday. Do, who would I be to go to the club on Saturday? I was going to say, can I get an invite? But I got to go to work at 8 o'clock. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah, you can't. <laughs> I'm not going to any club on Saturday. I'm sitting my butt right at home. Watching, Saving money. Watching the games. Of course I'm watching the games. I'm watching the games Saturday, Sunday. Only games I care about are Friday. Yeah, well, I mean.
0: Friday on. and Sunday. Friday, look at
1: look at I'm Oregon on,
0: plays at four thirty
1: I mean let let's just talk about let's just talk about you know Johnny football for yeah, real talk. this dude has gotten chance after chance mm-hmm. after chance, after chance. How many times do we need to keep giving this dude chances before we realize, and I understand he's twenty six years old, but my biggest thing is like. If I'm not given, I'm not given that opportunity to mess up that many times at 25, right. and I'm a year and a half younger than him. Why is he given that many time, uh, that many opportunities to succeed? You know, and I'm not talking about it from just a football standpoint, like the talent standpoint. He's shown that he has no talent in the CFL. He hasn't done anything in the CFL. He flamed out of the NFL because the dude could not stop drinking couldn't stop doing drugs, couldn't stop partying, and everybody's sitting up here giving him chance after chance. He's a rich kid. He's a spoiled rich brat who does whatever he wants to do. Woo. And I know that 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 might come off as like angry or whatever, but it's a fact. <laughs> Johnny Manzo with that stupid money sign that he always does. I used to love Johnny Manzo, by the way. So this is coming from a person that used to be a huge fan of the dude. I just think that the guy's a turd. He's a turd. He's a turd. I mean he's a turd. Like let's just be real. He he's, he he has not grown up at all since he was, you know, a red shirt freshman at Texas a and I think that turd. I mean, <laughs> are you
0: done? Are you finished or are you done? Go ahead. Okay. Um I think that I'm just like I don't know, I'm really nervous she's going to yell turd in the middle of my 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 thing. Um, I I think that Johnny going to the Memphis Express, well, first of all, it's telling because San Antonio originally owned his rights and they were like, uh, yeah, nah, chief, we're good over here. Um, he's on a waiver wire. So this is his third professional football league. Okay. That's insane. Three professional football leagues. There aren't guys that play for three professional teams before they're done playing professional football or any kind of professional sport. Um, So the guy got to go to three different leagues. Uh, You know, he had a drug and party problem in college. Let's not forget the time that he went to UT, which is a rival of Texas A&M. And I don't know about you, but I don't care who I am. I'm not partying at my rival school. When I went to Towson, I didn't go to Delaware and go for a party. Like no.
1: Um, shoot, I was definitely at Stevenson. Turn up, turn up, turn up. It's turn, like I'm joking. Stevenson wasn't even a rival school, by the way. I'm just making fun of. And
0: and Towson and Delaware aren't ma- massive rivals. Like Texas and Texas A&M
1: hate. If I each went to other. Cal, I wouldn't be at Stanford party. Exactly, and if I went to Oregon, I wouldn't have gone to Oregon State. But that's in-state. That's blood. That's blood rage rivalries. That's right. not you know right. regular rivalries, right? Like, so so the sheer fact that
0: Johnny had the galls to go up the to. The galls. The galls. <laughs> I like how you mix those two together. That was great. The testicular fortitude to go to. Because <laughs> he's rich. To, to go to Austin, Texas, and then go to the University of Texas, and then to go to a frat house, and then to disrespect the fraternity at the frat house, which is like, oh, uh, like, I don't know who you think you are. And the fact I mean I don't know all the details that happened from him, but I know the massive thing is that he went to a frat party at Texas and then disrespected the fraternity at their house. And that is crazy. Like that, I mean, the fact that he made it out there alive, you know, just said something. Um but he he had the problem at, at AM. Then he goes to the Browns. And you think, all right, he's in the same city, and LeBron was there at the same time, so maybe LeBron can mentor him. Like, yo, like, this is how we going to do things in Cleveland. Like, this is what I need you to do, you know, yada, yada. But, you no, know, Manzel had a party problem. Like, he was out there partying with anyone and everyone. And the dude hadn't even thrown a ball yet in the NFL. But because he got drafted and was, like, playing for Cleveland, um, uh uh-uh. oh. Um, uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, just a big problem. It was problematic. It was very problematic. Uh, and then he goes to the CFL and a lot of people say that he pers- like he, he chose to not abide by the rules that were set by the CFL just so he can come back to the us to play football. And he wasn't really doing well. And the CFL does have a lot of different rules, and I'll give him that. Um, it's, it's a lot of things that are, are are different. I think they play with they play with twelve people in the field.
1: I don't even know. I mean, honestly, I could. I'm yeah, not, the, I, CFL. I I'm not CFL. the CFL guru around here, but you know.
0: But I know there are massive rule changes, and maybe he wasn't really accustomed to it, and it didn't really suit him. And so now he's going to go play for
1: the Memphis Express.
0: Memphis Express. And their head coach is not having any of it.
1: That'll about do it for us here with Mobtown Blitz. You can follow us on Twitter at Mobtown Pod. You can follow Anthony on Twitter at A Y E E B A R K L E Y. And you could, of course, follow me at Kyle j andrews underscore that obviously shouldn't be too hard to find out and then you could look at us or listen to us on spotify soundcloud youtube whatever you know it's always like that it's always good in the hood and you know it is what it is but with that being said this is Mobtown blitz we're signing off for the week sorry Eric couldn't show up but you know He's enjoying life. So we'll see you guys next week.